Well, Brent's contained and Caitlin's contained, Clark's contained and Ryan's contained and Adam's contained. It's almost superior. Uh, it's issue 136. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Kalen. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. I'm Adam. And I'm Brent Wingate. And we are continuing our Mutant Madness Bracket Challenge, where we go through all the best X teams and decide which is truly the greatest. But first, it's our third year anniversary, guys. What'd you get me? Obviously, we can't really celebrate it in person with alcohol like we would normally do. Kalen, I I got you a hug. Come here. Oh, we're quarantined. Um, you shouldn't I, get gifts that cost people. <laughs> I actually, um, I know that we weren't going to get each other or anything, but I wrote a poem. And so H is for. No, no. <laughs> what is it for? <laughs> Happy, which is how I feel when I'm around you. Oh, H is for Homo Superior. You did it. Okay, moving on. I love the idea that Adam is like, instead of going to a dictionary and looking up online, he's just emailing Webster is like, what's another good word for uh, <laughs> uh Okay, so we're gonna go ahead and move on with our Mutant Madness Bracket Challenge. Um, last week, we went through our, X- our classic X-Men teams and uh, we had three people who scored perfect scores. So congratulations to Timothy Harkin, Evan Cooper, and Brett Manns. You, wow. Um, oh, wow. And Brett, program. Just to say, Brett is um, uh, part of Comic Book uh, Queers, which is one of our sister podcasts. Mm. Yes, delightful. Um, so uh, we're going to get back into the next round of our mutant uh, madness. Um, the way we've set this all up is that we match up the teams, you submitted the brackets, we talk, we decide, and then we give you money. Uh, we're going to jump right into our young X Men teams. Uh, Ryan, do you want to lead the way? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so young X-Men teams. So these are the teams, not the main teams. These are the junior, the JV squad, if you will. The first and probably the most prominent one that we have is the New Mutants original class. This was actually, it started in 1983 with Chris Claremont. And it's got a lot of familiar faces with Cannonball, Karma, Mirage, Sunspot, Wolvesbane, Magic, Warlock, Magma, and then uh, Magneto is sort of like a professor as well. And then we also have Cypher in there as well. What about Gossamer? Gossamer is also one. The best I character. I always forget about Gossamer. Unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, Who so, are they up against? So this, this team is actually up against uh, one that was also in the 80s. It came out in 1988. This was a limited series. It was called The Exterminators. And this miniseries actually had um, Artie and Leech getting uh, captured, and then a new band of people came together, and that was Skids, Boom Boom, Wizkid, Richter, and they all sort of band together to free them, and wackiness ensued. <laughs> and Rusty <laughs> Collins. Oh, and fucking Rusty Collins. It sounds That's like my a favorite sex cocktail act. ever. <laughs> cocktail <laughs> or sex act, it could be either. And a rusty nail together. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you want me to start? 
Right. So, um, right ahead. so uh, Exterminators was a uh, it was a, a spinoff of X Factor. That was the name that they were given when they were quote unquote hunting mutants. But they were really trying to protect younger, like more impressionable mutants. And they spun off into their own little miniseries during Inferno, which is a really wonderful crossover. But it only lasted four issues, whereas New Mutants um, set the stage, the original class set the stage for uh, all the JV squad, as, as Ryan mentioned, the, the trainees who were not quite ready to be uh, full-on X-Men yet. Um, and while the 100 issues or so it ran, um, it was good at times, bad at times, pretty uneven. But uh, I'm always amazed at how different Claremont and Louis Simonson and Fabian Nicieza made the team feel from the X-Men. Some of their adventures were super fucking wacky. It's like, how did this even get published half the time? Some of it's really hard to read, but I mean, my money would be on, you know, advancing New Mutants or Exterminators. I just don't see it being much of a contest. No, I mean, I would slightly. Um, I have had never read Exterminators before this week. <clears throat> And I was the one who wanted to, like, remove it entirely from this list because we had so many other things going on. But the, I, the first two issues I, I actually liked. And I was like, why isn't this in, like, you know, people talk about it more. And then the next two were, like, boring as shit. I never cared about, I loved, um, goodness gracious, um, Inferno. I just didn't care about the fucking babies in the sky part of the storyline. It was, yeah. I don't know, it bore the shit out of me. And so suffering through that twice over, having to read it and New Mutants and in this, I was like, I just can't deal with this anymore. The, the characterization was really good and then suddenly it didn't matter. Can you explain babies in the sky? Because to me, that sounds very interesting. <laughs> I believe it's it was exactly a, it, um, it was a Beatles song. Uh, with diamonds. They had diamonds. They had diamonds, those babies. Hey, someone go. Explain it, someone. Oh, I thought you were trying to explain it, Clark. No. It was, um, so the, the demons in Inferno, uh, I'm going to get their names wrong, but one was Sim and the other one was Nyastor. They called them nasty, yeah. basically. Nailed it. Um, they uh, they had a whole plan to be uh, to be able to uh, to like basically kidnap all these babies to like you know bring hell on earth mm, and so yes. uh, the exterminators were all part of that. Inferno was such a weird crossover because it touched all the various X titles and they all did their own thing because like Magic Iliana was really involved for New Mutants uh, and like um, Sim was actually introduced there as like he was the head of Limbo and then she took over Limbo and he was quote unquote her underling, but also conspired against her. And then you had Excalibur uh, doing their own stuff during Inferno. And then you had all the non-X titles doing their kind of stuff too. Basically like New York became a hellscape and then everybody just kind of did their own thing. Whereas like most of the action was happening in X-Men and X-Factor. I think it would be safe to say that New Mutants, basically being the younger team starting this entire thing, will progress pretty far. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. have some iconic villains and just the characters itself most people are somewhat familiar with. And there eventually will be a movie, apparently, that's going to no, come out. No, there will not. It's <laughs> never coming out. That's a trick. That's an illusion or well, mirage. Not only will it not come out, AMC will not be playing it in theater. <laughs> that's not universal. Not not legal. Universal. 
Uh, don't jump on the joke. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm jumping on it. Um, yeah, I'm not, I didn't really want to talk about New Mutants much, just because we're going to blatantly be talking about it yeah. at least two more yeah. times. Yeah. Um, with, so with that said, I think but, it's pretty safe to early yeah. on yeah. do it. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. I'll, and I'll do say Skids and Rusty Collins are terrible characters, and they never were important. I agree. And then they joined well, the New they, they, they named him like children they hated. Kids <laughs> yeah. right. and PP are the worst characters. A, of new thumbs up, thumbs down. New Mutants or the original goes forward. All right, Adam. Zero. <laughs> Unanimous. <laughs> yeah. All right, Crawl. What do we got next? Next up, um, I just want to remind everyone we're actually going in the bracket uh, order. So uh, this is another New Mutants group. Um, it's a reformed New Mutants team that happened after the Decimation era. So this is post-M Day. Um, so it's a lot of the original team. So we have Magic, Warlock, Cypher, Sunspot, Moonstar, Karma, Magma, and Cannonball. Um, and then in the later issues, they're joined by Blink, X-Man, and Face. Um, this was done in 2009, and it was done by Zeb Wells, Dan and Abnett, and Andy Lanning, which they've done a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. Um, this is going up against another New Mutants team. This is the Krakoa team. Um, this is actually the current one that we're reading today. So this is a mixture of basically two teams. It's the original team once again. So it's like the Sunspot, Chamber, the Moon, the whole, the team that we know so well. And then we have Chamber and Mondo added onto that. And then we have a ground team as well. So it's the current run that we're doing. It came out in 2019. And it's done by Jonathan Hickman and Ed Brisson. So these are two different teams. Um, I think it's very common that these are, uh, <laughs> like, these are the most recent one, runs of New Mutants that we've had going up against each other. What do you guys think? Uh, so I reread half of the uh, post-decimation era run and i don't like it at all <laughs> uh, it, it feel like it's they they've it's the exact same characters doing the exact same thing slightly differently we had the as i just was talking about babies in the sky we see the babies in the sky as like adults and it's as uninteresting as the babies themselves were when they were just babies i, I and everyone just kind of like i don't know they just kind of flopped in so strangely cypher coming back from the dead during necrocha that's really when i feel like this series started mm -hmm. it's popped out of that it i don't know it's just rough and there are for each of the storylines there's a storyline that's like rise fall of the mutants and then rise of the mutants and that's like eight issues worth of stuff that's the same goddamn storyline that doesn't deviate to anything else it's and the characters don't seem to mesh anymore. There's barely any joy involved in this series. And then we I, I Oh, go ahead, Clark. And Krakoa No Mutants is just like hilariously strange joy half the time with the ones in space. I mean, Sunspot just makes that series so, so good. His, his narrative elements, which were a little bit annoying at first, I think did give a fun take on some character being like, in media race, like you're probably wondering how I got this position, <laughs> but they're written well enough that you're willing to excuse it because of his bravado. Right. I'm a I'm so, a convert of the uh, Krakoa New Mutant, so I'm I'm really rooting for them in this one. Yeah, I love it. I know much about. I'm it. Yeah. I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit. Um, 
I love the Krakoa New Mutants a lot. I think it's one of my favorite titles of Dawn of X, but there's only been like nine issues and half of them have been great and the other half have been pretty mediocre. The Ed Brisson issues are really tough to get through and I tried rereading them and man, they're worse than the first time I read them. The, uh, the Decimation Era New Mutants, Clark has a very good point. The first half of it, it's written by Zeb Wells, um, yeah. who is the writer on Hellion. Zeb Wells is a good writer, but like they never really do mesh. The team, I like the idea of these people who used to hang out together coming back together because mutants have been decimated all over the world and Cyclops needs them to help kind of clean up the messes that the X-Men leave behind. It's an interesting idea, but the uh, execution is a little lacking. The book gets really good when Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning take over. They wrote really? the Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I like it a lot. Oh, I didn't like They're, it. Oh, I thought that was worse. The last um, six issues take place in a slightly altered timeline when people die and then they don't die because it's an altered timeline. You're like, Jesus Christ, this is how you're ending the series? Plot-wise, it it's, might not have been the I, best. I think but it's, uh, it's Kalen's the, point of longevity is a, a valid point because uh, this this reboot of the New Mutants, which basically is what it was in 2009, yeah. it, um, it really wanted to recapture that team and capture like the the magic that it had. And I think the early issues did capture it a little bit. Um, but compared to the recent Krakoa, the only thing about the recent, recent issues are the stuff on Earth with not the new mutants, like Armor, Glob Herman, I love these characters. They are so flavorless. They boom, are boom. So, it, mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I, boom Boom is one of my favorite <laughs> characters, and it's literally, it's, it's so bland. Uh, it's really it's, it's weird to see this strange miniseries in what they call yeah, that's the mutants. True. So uh, one last I, thing I'm, I'm a little torn them. between the two. One last thing, I'll, I'm, this is the, probably the toughest one, um, but uh, one of the toughest ones. Um, the issue where uh, Amara goes on a date with Mephisto is, is Amazing. just a wonderful issue. That is of, a, like, that's the only thing I really liked about Abnett's run. That, that I absolutely love that storyline. It's like, um, so the whole, the backstory is that um, they're in hell and uh, Magma, uh, Amara, she makes a deal with Mephisto that she, he'll let them go, go back to Earth if she, he goes on a, if she goes on a date with him. And so she keeps the bargain and they actually end up having like kind of a lovely date. And, like with the devil, you know, he's a charming <laughs> guy. He's like a charming guy and they like date for a little while. It doesn't, doesn't last obviously, but uh, I think that part was really charming. Um, I don't know. This is a tough one. I, I just think, like, if it was all Hickman for like the nine issues, I'd be mm -hmm. like, this just takes it away. Um, but because of the stuff that Ed Brisson's doing back on Earth, it's it's some of the weaker parts of Don of X. Not as weak as Fallen Angels, but still pretty weak. Um, and so I would have to just slightly put my hand on the scale for the Decimation Era New Mutants. What uh? How do you all feel about the queerness of both teams? Because I feel like... Uh, zero, basically, for both. Yeah, but, like, well, he's, Sunspot's kind of gay, right? Like... No, it, it, there, there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing, unless you want to bone him, I mean... Yeah, will Sunspot have sex with me or not? Well, he's in both. Which one do you want to bone him in? It's the same thing. The more, like, uh, self-aware one, he's I gayer think. gayer in the newer one. <laughs> Thank he's you. He's much more self-aware in the newer one. Okay, he's, I'm ready to vote. Kind of, he's kind of lame in the... <laughs> they're all kind of lame in the Decimation Era one, though. Yeah, Sunspot uh, got his characterization when he joined Avengers. Well, so... Um, yeah. With, under Hickman. 
this is probably the better question just to kind of help differentiate between this impact, right? So like, obviously the current run, I think besides of longevity, I don't necessarily know if there's any sort of lasting impact in the universe mm -hmm. just yet. Uh, there is Cypher, no... Cypher, Cypher coming back in the decimation era is much bigger. That's the, the only one. Be, that's a huge one though, because of, of, of his importance to Krakoa. No, that's very true. That's the only thing that's impactful from this series. Well, and it, look at where it, we are now. It's but kind of funny. Didn't we get an important cipher uh, revelation that he can separate from Warlock? I mean, is that not? No. I mean, that's not as big as. It wasn't, in, it wasn't in New Mutants. It was in X-Men. Oh, that's sneaky. Sneaky. <laughs> so we basically these have these two different ones. <laughs> yeah. With that said, do we feel like we have enough to vote? Yeah, I mean, all right. So thumbs up if you think New Mutants Decimation should go forward. Clark. <laughs> you? Yeah. All right, in a three to two, yes. tight one, Krakoa New Mutants goes forward. Whoa. I did not recount. want to talk about I that series again. I hope that series ends terribly because of you people. <laughs> Ryan, you and I, we're brothers in this. It's just, I mean, it's just real. And I think that's an important part of being in a mutant team. Ryan, take us to the next one. Absolutely. So um, the next one is sort of the Generation X. It's sort of the third series of mutants coming to the school and being taught. They're actually being taught by Banshee and Emma Frost. Uh, there's the actual students are Jubilee, Chamber, Skin, M, Sync, Mondo, and Penance. So this went from 1994 and it was made popular by Scott Lobdell. Um, and it ran about like 65 issues. So it had a good lengthy amount of it. Um, this is actually going up against Fallen Angels. This is one from the 80s as well. This is a short mini series. It's eight issues. Um, it includes Sunspot, Warlock, Vanisher, Gomi, Ariel, Chance, Siren, Multiple Man, Boom Boom, Moon Boy, Devil Dinosaur, and Bill the Lobster. So it's a very large, large, large cast. Um, and it's, uh, I will say, this is probably the wackiest one we have on the entire like list. Even, even including Chuck Austin? <laughs> that's not wacky. That's just bad. That's oh, just okay. bad. Yeah. Um, it's even wackier than some of the Excalibur series we'll be talking about in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so uh, the Fallen Angels miniseries, I, I read it for the first time in the last week and oof, it is. The art's actually not bad in an 80s kind of a way, but the story is just a little rough. But I, I don't like even know the, what the I, story is. What's the story? I like, hold on. I like the idea behind it. Like, there is a little bit of a the friction in the New Mutants team. It's kind of dumb why the friction happens, but Sunspot <laughs> kind of leaves. Warlock joins him, and he joins up with the Vanisher, who is a minor X-Men villain. Uh, and, just, uh, and he's kind of like a Fagin character, like from Oliver Twist. Like, he's got all these, like, younger, like, mutants and other superpowered beings going around committing, like, sort of petty theft. The idea is really kind of neat. It's just the execution falls flat. Generation X, um, you know, at the time I really loved it because 
Uh, I loved how weird and quirky the characters were. They decided to like lean into that weirdness in the same way the original New Mutants did. Um, and the art originally, Chris Bacalo is phenomenal. He just, just does some amazing things with yeah. the panels and the designs of the characters. Uh, but having reread it um, in the last week, it's, it's, it's a rough book. It's not great. Um, but again, kind of to my uh, talking about the previous uh, pairing, because Generation X lasted 65 issues, Fallen Angel lasted eight issues, looking from an impact perspective, like I got to give it to Generation X. Uh, what do you think? I feel, oh yeah, well, I agree on everything you said right there. Um, Fallen Angels is like an acid trip if you were really bored the entire time. It is not interesting in the slightest. <laughs> None of the characters shine in any way like they should. There's some amazing characters there. I love Sunspot. I love Multiple Man, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Boom, boom. They're all fucking great. But no one did anything interesting. The characters they added were dumb as shit. I don't ever want to see Go Me again as long as I live. It, I don't know. I couldn't stand it. Every single moment, I just wanted it to be done, but I wanted to finish it. This was as I... Caitlin said, this is also my first time reading it. And I thought, this, oh, this is, you know, one of those weird fan servicey strange things that people think is silly. And no, it's not silly. It's awful. It's, um, this is uh, the only thing stand out for me during this time frame, really, uh, in terms of like Fallen Angels, is Bill the Lobster. Um, I'm yeah. glad he got his spotlight, but I think his you time know, is over. You know what's weird <laughs> is that there was one, the, the normal lobster, the non-mutant lobster was green. Is that a normal? And then and then the blue lobster was the one that was a mutant, but they killed I, off the blue one. Why did they I thought they the were both, lobster? I thought they were both cybernetic lobsters. Is that yeah, but wrong? one's a mutant well, and one's not. I can speak to the lobsters in reality. And... <laughs> lobsters appear blue about one in a million times uh-huh but there are a few uh, i don't think i've ever seen there's calico lobsters and there are lobsters where half of their body is one color and half their body is another color okay uh, well it was it, super rare but it was green does not happen I mean, I mean that proves it either original generation x or i mean we're going to talk about lobsters the Green Lobster sounds like a pulp hero that you forgot all about. He had a radio show, and then they brought him back in a movie directed by Kevin Smith. I'm going to assume we're going to talk about Generation X again in a couple of weeks, so I don't really have anything else to say about them right now. Should we vote? Yeah. Give it to a vote. All right. Uh, we talked more about Fallen Angels, so uh, thumbs up for Fallen Angels going forward. Oh, God. Put your thumbs down. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, I'm rigging the vote. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, much unanimous. Yeah. Um, moving on. I, uh, I just wanted to say that I, I think you mentioned, Caleb, the incident, but like it happened during a soccer game. That's the most ridiculous, like in Fallen Angels, it's the most ridiculous reason to start a whole team of comics. It's a, it's a soccer game where Roberto Sunspot gets a little too aggressive with Cannonball and they're like, you killed him! And like, in the next panel, like Sam Guthrie wakes up and says, what happened? Did we win? <laughs> it's like, it's like, how did this get greenlit? If we <laughs> ever run into a group of people who are being really extra and they're trying to be fun and partying, uh, but are all just terrible, boring people, calling them a very bored acid trip is yes. a great, <laughs> great insult. 
<laughs> All right, Ryan, what do we got? With that said, um, we're continuing down the Generation X path. So this was uh, this was actually the Generation X during the Counter X timeframe. So this was actually done by Warren Ellis. It was plotted by Warren Ellis and written by Brian Wood. Um, this team is pretty much the same team that the original Generation X had. Um, this was done in 2000 as part of a basically a big crossover and trying to reboot what the team meant. Uh, Generation X Volume 2 is who they're up against. And this was a team that consisted of Jubilee as their leader. And then the kids that were actually on the team were Kid Omega, iBoy, Nature Girl, Bling, Morph, and Hindsight. Um, this was done by Christina Strain, and this was in 2017. Um, and it's safe to say Generation X Volume 2 is fucking gay. Yeah. As hell. So, so looking at this and having, like, not set up all these teams on our list, why did we do this? This is exactly the same team. As um, the other Generation uh, X team. I believe Kaylin no felt too strongly about this. The system <laughs> is perfect. This is terrible. I read we're it and I was like, no, this one's we're, rough. I also we're felt not, stupid about this. <laughs> I, felt, I was so mad. I was so mad that we smashed together to the Decimation Era X-Men with the fucking Bendis X-Men. We could have shoved Bendis X-Men down in this spot. Kaylin, anyway, we have Kaylin to make, defend this. I'm so mad at we you, Kaylin. I'm so mad. Square pegs into round holes. I didn't come up with the bracket well, system just in general. You just came well, up with this team. I Anyways, well, there's no also point. reason. Hold on, hold on. I will defend. I will honestly defend yeah. it. So, um, even though it was actually a shitty run, the Counter X Generation X team. Counter X was the name that was given to uh, a line of books that Warren Ellis took over in 2000, same time when Claremont came back the first time, he was given Generation X, X-Force, and X-Man. And they all had slightly different, so drastically different uh, directions. What Generation X did, is like they kind of got away from the, the school a little bit, and they ended up sort of uh, fighting villains that uh, it, it was a very British thing, and which makes sense because Warren Ellis is British, uh, going up against uh, uh, sort of like headmasters and like uh, other sort of authority figures that were demonizing children. It was they, a very sort of, it was a very post-Columbine like book where it was, <laughs> well, like, it was kind blatant, of like- blatant, yeah. I know you really wanted to work in Columbine to this reference, Caitlin, <laughs> but here's the thing. It's it was true. not like that because they actually, had normal students come to the school and it was like a normal student body and they happened to have X-Men that were part of the student body. And the main villain was, like you said, a headmistress, which was Emma Frost's sister. Yeah. So who, I don't know why it's post-Columbine like related. It's because it's not a constantly talked about it. We are not d debating the premise of this pairing. We're <laughs> debating who should move on. And I agree with all of you, the Counter X book is trash. It's fucking garbage. Uh, Christina Strain's uh, Generation X, I really liked it. I think it was one of the, the, the better uh, titles coming from the Resurrection era when we started Homo Superior. Um, so I would vote to advance that one over the Counter X nonsense. Oh yeah, no, I just don't understand. Counter X, like the first four issues are like, Sink's dead, and then we flash back to Sink dying, and I'm like, why did why was this the order? This doesn't mean anything. 
It was the whole thing was bizarre. We didn't have enough young titles to, to fill out the bracket. No, I'm not talking about no, now, now, no, now, now I'm talking about the actual substance of the thing. It didn't, it didn't make sense, and it was not good. The the experts, the experts have you know basically said they don't like Counter X, but I want to know before we toss it to a vote. Can you tell me what makes the Gen X two weak as a series? Possibly in it compared to Counter X or going forward. Uh, I don't. I yeah, I can take that one. I don't think there was any actual long. I mean, not that we were that far ahead of it, but there's really no long-term impact from that book. It felt like yeah. I think oh, there was got- a lot of interesting introductions and lots of new interesting characters. But Jubilee really stopped being a vampire. Yeah, that's, that's literally the only thing. Jew Bloodly, we lost her. Jew Bloodly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there was lots of following around M and M played again. Like it, I, I don't think this the narrative held up, but certainly the dynamics and queerness are like yeah. a twenty out of ten. I, I mean, this was, artwork was I did not like it. Oh, you hated it. I, I know you guys okay. disagree, but I thought it had very big perspective issues. I thought it seemed muddled and terrible. Brent, read very the Counter X Generation X and read the Counter X Generation title. And then you'll be like, the art on Christina Strange Generation X is is beautiful. The art was so bad. And it was by an artist I actually kind of like. I believe you, but I'm not talking about Counter X right now. I'm talking about. I'm talking about, but we're comparing these two. I know, but that's not what my question was. My question was, what makes Gen X 2 weak? And I think it's, I think the art is a very big deal because it was very. It looks psychotic, the art, sometimes. I yeah. loved it. I thought it was super quirky and it fit, it fit it looked, the, the... It looked like every person was in a Zoom. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it was ahead of its time. There's your impact, Brent. Horrible. The close-ups were right. a little weird. Is that going to ever right, come into like... a vote. Yeah. Counter X going forward. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Really? <laughs> Dissenting. Wait, you actually really think... Yeah, I don't like the second generation X on a, on on another reread of it. I That's because you're bad. but you're homophobic. Probably. Yeah, well, I don't want to see gay people in my comics. <laughs> you know what, Ryan? Actually, I've never read Counter X, but I really did dislike uh, Gen X two. I'm switching my vote to yours. All right, it loses- <laughs> That's great because Thank it has you. no impact. Thank you. I still lose three to two. <laughs> Next you up, idiots. agree with you. Next up, we have New X-Men. This is the New X-Men run. It was post-decimation or M-Day. This was in 2006, and it ran for about uh, 30 to 40 issues. And it was done by creators Craig Kyle and Chris Yost. And this team consisted of Elixir, Hellion, Dust, Gentle, Rockslide, Prodigy, Anal, Surge, Pixie, Mercury, and X-23. A very large team, if you will. Hey, hey Ryan. Can mm-hmm. I just ask that you not read this like you're on your you're on Antiques Roadshow? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, no, I can't. <laughs> uh, with that said, they're going up against Young X Men, which includes uh, once again Anal, Blindfold, Cipher, Dusk, Gray Malkin, Ink, Rockslide, and Wolf Cub. This is a team. This was a mini series that was trying to be a maxi series in 2008. It was written by Mark Guggenheim, and as we all know, we hate him. <laughs> Take it away. 
So rereading re New Mutants, it was a fucking pleasure. I, I love new that series. New, new X-Men. Well, it, anyways, just reading it, um, I fucking love this one so much. I know it's dark as shit for like the first half, but it is so good. It's so well plotted. The emotional beats are hit in this is amazing way. And the team is just so organically weird. And I liked, we're going to talk about the other one a little bit, but the Hellions were my favorite thing about the other new X-Men that we'll talk about in a little bit. So having half the team be Hellions was very pleasant for me. Um, yeah, I agree with everything Clark said. Um, even if uh, it, wa it, it wasn't up against one of the worst X titles of all time, Young X-Men is fucking trash. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the post-decimation new X-Men, um, it starts off with um, M-Day and the whole school is like, like 80% of the school and they've lost their powers and you have people who are either really happy or some are like, what the fuck? I just lost the thing that made me special. And it's incredibly horrifying. And it takes, again, um, a premise that I never really cared for. I never cared for like the editorial driven edict of bringing the mutants down to only 198. But this book and then the Utopia era X-Men they basically, they, they took lemons and they made it into margaritas. Like, it's fucking, it's just fucking great. Um, you don't know bus, how margaritas made. The bus bombing just <laughs> You use you lemons. Yeah. No, the moment when, the, when they bomb the bus just makes you want to vomit. It is like, and then the next issue where they keep flashing back to how they felt in the bombing, each of the actual characters that are new X-Men. It is so good. It's, and, it's got great character yeah. beats. I yeah. love these characters. They yeah, truly the flesh character. out oh, yeah. another class of characters. I love this run so much. Yeah. There's it's so many good, good moments. Oh, God. I don't even know. It's so good. It's very, it's, we'll talk about it half. again. Well, yeah, what's, well the first... what is their impact? Because I don't know this group in particular. You, you actually, you actually do know this group. So the, this group consists of anal, which we make fun of all the time. Right, Rockslide right, right. Rock slide is a big part of this group. Armor pops in for a little bit. You know, X-23 you know, actually, yeah. actually got her big start in this one. Um, so th this is a team that you would probably want to reread because you like a lot of these characters already, uh, Brent. Yeah. It definitely used to a lot of these characters. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I definitely, I mean, because we started reading, uh, was it Resurrection? Like, obviously, these characters were all really already integrated into the universe. And so definitely, it sounds like, and I'm assuming based on, on yours, that it is the better series. So I definitely am looking forward to kind of getting a more, like, prequel origin for all these characters. Because I think where Brett and I kind of picked up, it was very much like, here they are, these students that you probably should care about, but you don't really... Except for anal. I love anal. I love having it all the time. I think you should read the series. <laughs> yeah, right, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Thumbs up, thumbs down. We should kick Adam out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Two thumbs enthusiastically up. Well, so what, what are we supposed to, is there anything to be gained from Young X-Men? Um, no. Ink. That's your impact. The, oh, okay. All right, let's go only, together. Let's go the together. only thing that ink. happens is Wolf Cub dies. Wolf Cub was never fleshed out as a character, but he died. It's oh, yeah, it, everyone was very sad. Was we, that we, where... we got another gay that showed up, Ray Malkin. Mm -hmm. And half, most of the series involved Dust was gonna die, but she didn't die. And it was just boring was as that, hell. Was that where Blindfold was introduced or was she like a, an ongoing character? No, she was introduced in, um, in Astonishing, Astonishing. Whedon's Astonishing Run. 
Oh, okay. Well, no, I was just going to say, because I, I remember she was on the, like, I just, I know that, that she was on the team, and I know that, like, they had that big lead up to her leading into the most uh, recent uncanny X-Men, like, where she ended up dying, and that was supposed yeah. to be important, but nobody When she killed like, herself, yeah. Yeah. All right, Yeah, oh. let's not talk about young X-Men anymore, because Ink. Yeah. Oh, fuck that. Ink was enough. Uh, so, okay, let's throw it to a vote. Uh, post decimation new X-Men going forward. Thumbs up. Ryan is uh, in the, I believe in the woods now. He is currently, it wins five to zero, but Ryan is in the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. I vote for new X-Men. Oh, okay, we got it. <laughs> all you right. You can also see your nostrils and all your fear. All right, tell us about... Uh, the pre-M-Day new X-Men. So, with, with that said, this new X-Men group was actually uh, the series that kicked it off. A lot of these characters that we know now was actually created in 2004 in a series by Christina Weir. And this group included Surge, Wind Dancer, Icarus, Elixir, Prodigy, and Wallflower. During this time frame, they actually split all the students in the school into teams. So we sort of had like a new mutants team. We had a Hellions team. We had a bunch of different teams everywhere, and these are a lot of the new, a lot of the mutants that we know today and love. <clears throat> this is actually going up against the Lights, or what we call Generation Hope. This was a mini series that happened in 2010, and this was Hope Summers became the first uh, mutant that was born after M Day, and she started finding other mutants that were being born. Uh, or uh, be, turning into mutants, I'm sorry. Uh, this included Hope Summers, Transonic, Velocidad, Oya, Primal, Zero, Pixie, and No Girl. So um, this uh, uh, version of new uh, X-Men that Ryan just talked about, it's good, but it's I don't think it's <laughs> as good as the post-decimation era. Uh, like it, it wasn't it's really quite just, as it, It's just slice of life, I feel it, like. This is just a, like a soap opera that sometimes has some fighting in it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's not a it's, good soap opera either. Yeah, it's, it's just okay. Whereas <clears throat> rereading Generation Hope, um, one is written by Kieran Gillen, um, who wrote Wicked and Divine, and he wrote like a really nice run of Uncanny X-Men that we talked about last week. Um, there's, uh, I just really liked it, and pardon the pun, it just gave me hope that the X titles were getting better at, during this time. Uh, because like you had a bunch of newer mutants getting introduced into the world when um, there were no new mutants being created. Uh, Hope is, a, I think, a really lovely character. Uh, had some other characters that were introduced that will be used in other titles, like uh, Edie, whose like code name I don't remember, but she's um, I mean the mutant. She's uh, no. <laughs> no, he's talking. To, he's talking to you, Adam. Um, um, I really liked it. And also the first arc is basically this team uh, versus Akira or rather Tetsuo uh, from Akira. And like he was, uh, he was one of the lights that they ended up having to bring in. Um, I, I think it's an imperfect title, but I really have a lot of fondness for it. Uh, more so than, um, uh, more so than the, uh, the first uh, iteration of the Academy X. Generation Hope. Oh. I think I think they could have gone a lot further with this. It got canceled probably earlier than they were yeah. expecting. 
which is sad because they were really building some cool plot threads with a lot of these characters that never really took off. So it's it's kind of a shame that this got canceled and these characters. Was there a larger goal in mind or was it just like a normal story that had interesting things that we do? Like was it supposed to be building to something that canceled it? I guess the stakes were a little bit higher because these were truly the first uh, mutants that were born after everyone was told that you could no longer have any more new mutants. So this was yeah. like the first generation. So their powers were kind of erratic because they they were so overwhelming and they sort of were almost too powerful, this entire group. So it's kind of interesting. I hated every single one of the characters except okay. for Transonic. Hope was offensive to me. Every time I, re I reread the entire series, I hate her so much. And I fucking love her now. It's because they had to give her a lobotomy to make me actually enjoy her. Not a lobotomy. She is... <laughs> you a got a lobotomy? Creature Parker, are you I, a misogynist? I hate her. I hate her so much. I like her weird current one where she's kind of like strange recluse going crazy but interesting kind of hard ass she is so up her own ass in her like you know i'm jesus She's lobotomy. i hate her <laughs> and i i don't enjoy the series in the slightest this is generation hope yes yep. so then what do you enjoy about academy x that would make me want to x team formed to prove that uh hope is a good character let's Goes see people's homes and it, then they snick and shoot a claw up someone's nose to lobotomize. Them. I love, I loved, um, so I didn't know where to put it. So the Hellions are at the same time that um, new X-Men was going on, um, whatever, the first run, this run we were talking about right now, she was also, do, the writers were also doing a Hellions miniseries, which was connected to it. And mm -hmm. they are throughout the entire series, the fact that the Hellions are like their, you know, counterpart. And I just love the interaction between the two teams. I don't like one of the teams, the team we're actually supposed to be like supporting, but I just love the interaction between them. The rain and elixir, like weird, I'm 16 and you're my teacher who's 19 thing was fucking gross and strange. Didn't love that. Um, I don't know. I just enjoyed some of the stuff. I like the concept of having the different groups. I loved it. Did anyone read the yearbook special? Loved it, yes. Because you got to meet like so many yeah. other different like little I, I young X-Men. It was fun. I think the um, Generation Hope should have had more impact. I don't think it had impact at all just because it was chopped up and then Bendis took over and then now it doesn't really do much except for Hope is a cool character. None of the other ones have gone done a fucking thing. Yeah. The impact I thought Edie of, did. Edie did in Wolfing well, in the X-Men. She, she did, and then now she's pieced out again. Uh -huh. And also the, she was not there. So, something that should be said about this in terms of queerness, um, anal that we make fun of, he's the gay yes. student that looks like a reptile. Yes. He, <laughs> he's gay? Yeah. <laughs> he, really? Um, that's, he why we, that's why we call him anal. I never knew he was gay. Are you, you kidding? Yes, me? you did, you idiot. You knew he was gay. We've talked about this so many times. Have That's we... why this is so shocking that his name is almost anal. No, I thought, you, delayed, but it's, we call it anal. I thought you called him anal just because of the way it's spelled. No. I've the, never um, seen him do a gay thing. Okay, who the, votes to get Brent the, off the, the podcast? The 13th, 
the thirteenth issue of uh, voted down three to two of New X Men was when Northstar died, and they played the beat so fucking well with that. Like the emotions were real as shit, and Anal running away and had to be like and like blending in with the tree so no one could see him, and he hadn't come out yet. He wouldn't even say it to Karma, who was like a lesbian woman who he, who was his new teacher, was so fucking powerful. I like that issue. Tips it over the edge for me, no matter what. It was so well done. It's more impactful to the gay side of it, honestly. Certainly. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, The pre-M-Day new X-Men in in favor of going forward. You got to put your thumbs up or down. (laughs) Kayla is literally seizuring right now. (laughs) (laughs) He's got six thumbs. Oh. Oh, Generation Hope. I get to yell at you another day. Wow. <laughs> Clark, I tried wow. to def- I tried to support you. I felt I anytime someone can give me some good queerness, I'm I'm willing to raise my finger. It was a great run. Um, well, it is not with, gonna beat the other one. <laughs> the next with that, one. With that said, uh next up I think will be two obvious ones on our voting. The first mm-hmm. one is Wolverine and the X-Men. This was a time frame in 2011 when it went about 50 issues and it was Wolverine, Beast, Nightcrawler, Kitty Pride, and a few teachers got together and they basically were training the next generation of mutants. Um, it featured uh, a lot of care, a lot of, lot of characters, but the young ones that were sort of concentrating on our brew, shark girl, Sprite, kid gladiator, Oya, Krakoa Jr., nature girl, um, and Kid Omega. the list goes on and on. This actually concentrates a little bit more on the instructors, I would say, but it also has a big emphasis on the kids as well. This is going up against a very short-lived run called, not Wolverine and the X-Men, this one is called Spider-Man and the X-Men, trying to capitalize on anything I guess Marvel was at this time. Um, what they decided to do was um, have Spider-Man run the team, and this team consisted of him, Ernst, Glob, Herman, Shark Girl, Rockslide, Hellion, and No Girl. This only went for six issues, and it was written by Elliot Kane, which I don't know who that is. Uh, <laughs> I need to clearly state that, and I should have, I was trying to say this in the last competition too, that any comic book that has a character called No Girl already has a 10 out of 10 <laughs> on Queer Nights. It's a floating brain. It's a floating brain, yeah. Martha Johansson. <laughs> So before Kaylin go into anything, I just want to say the best moment of a series I've read in a million years is, and I don't want this to one to win, is Spider-Man and the and the um, X-Men is when Spider-Man is talking to Sauron, asking yes, him why he doesn't want to cure cancer. And, <laughs> and, and he says, I don't want to cure cancer. I want to make dinosaurs. No, but, I, but I don't want to cure cancer. I want to turn people into dinosaurs. And he says it with the both the biggest glee face ever. I fucking love that moment so much. So so can I tell you that I've known about that panel for years, but oh, I yeah. only read Spider-Man and the X-Men recently. And I was like, oh, it's from that, it's from that run. It's from I this had no little... idea. I just thought it was some <laughs> some random Spider-Man issue I hadn't read. Nope. Um uh, Spider-Man and the X-Men is a delightful miniseries. It's, it's really a lot of fun. It's really cute. But Wolverine and the X-Men, I mean, had a greater impact. Uh, it had some weak spots, but it was a very strong book. Uh, it was during the Schism era. 
uh, when Cyclops was doing his own thing over in Utopia and becoming more and more militant, like Magneto, Professor, uh, Wolverine becomes more like a Professor X character and like really becomes like this very gruff headmaster. And like, I would say for the first 20 to 30 issues, it's a really good book. Um, I just think it's funny, it's quirky, uh, it integrates the young characters really well with the, uh, the older, more established characters. Um, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a shining example of a good X-Men book uh, before Dawn of X, before Hawks and Pox, and then sort of the post-Whedon era. Um, I, really, I really love it a lot. It's a series that I think is so well written and illustrated, but I don't like any of the characters. Like I'm frustrated that my favorite characters, and I don't. It's weirdly separated in such a way that I liked all the characters in, in um, on Cyclops' team and not on Wolverine's. Like I literally looked at you know those like infographic lists they had at the end of the first issues of those two series. I love those. it, It was bizarre how much like how many check marks I could have on one and like kind of meh or X's on the other one. So like, I, and I was also frustrated that all the characters we've, all the, all the young characters we've been paying attention to for the last six years were suddenly like unimportant and here's some new ones I'm shoving at you. And it was never not one that wasn't new except for um, Kid Omega. Yeah. It was just, I was like, I don't care about you. I don't care about you. I don't care about you. I boy go to hell. We're still suffering through him to this very day. But it's right. a really fucking, it, but it's the same. It, it, I think the series is amazing. I don't like the team. It's, Can I uh, um, throw, throw a little bit more of a regular homosphere question at you? Because it seems like you guys are all in agreement that Wolverine and the X-Men is a better title. What would you want from a Spider-Man and the X-Men title? Honestly, uh, I don't think there's anything bad. wrong with it. It wasn't anything wrong. It was just short. It just, you know, it was, yeah. it was, it was almost like somebody made a joke in like the editor's room saying, wouldn't it be funny if we put you know, Spider-Man with the X-Men? And they yeah. did that. And like, like none of the characters really respect him. Uh, Storm <laughs> just looks at him like, why are you even here? You know, Wolverine basically makes him do it as a goof or like trolling him. It, uh, it's, it just, made, it's Sorry. Go ahead. It made Storm and Rachel look like monsters like rachel she was like the devil in it i hated it so much. I like, it's why um, is she such a bad person wolverine and the x-men had some of the weirdest characterization of characters that we've known for years and i will look at husk as the potential <laughs> for what you don't do with a character that's established over the years that was because so bad. it literally turned into her into like some sort of weird witch lady that rips her skin off. And I'm not even lying. This is, and then she dates Toad. She dates Toad. It's, but it makes isn't, no isn't sense. That, it's wacky like, for wacky purposes ter- without any substance. Like she has ter- terrible characterization and then she rips that off as one of her layers. I wish she ripped it off a lot sooner in this series. I'll say that. Um, I would like to understand how you all can defend a series that involves a casino planet. Because apparently Wolverine and the X-Men oh, has an entire I love, I love casino planet. I it think we should vote shit, now and idiot. we can... That we happens can a lot. In, Marvel Comics has a lot of casino planet stuff. Yeah. Leave that for next time if they make up. All right, let's vote. Yeah, let's take a vote. All right, moving forward, thumbs up if you think it's Wolverine and the X-Men. 
All right, it's 5-0. Wolverine and the X-Men moves on. Our last category that we're going to talk about today is X-Men Blue. This is the most recent X-Men Blue series that happened in 2012. This is the time-displaced uh, original five X-Men, Cyclops, Marvel, Beast, Iceman, and Angel are joined by Magneto, Polaris, Danger, Laura, X-23, Bloodstorm, Ill, Jet... Uh, and a bunch of other shitty characters. <laughs> I'm not going to read them all, okay? Honestly, guys. Um, and then this is actually going up against New Mutants Dead Souls. Um, this was a short miniseries uh, just happened last year, or I'm sorry, 2018. Um, this included Strong Guy, Wolfsbane, Richter, Magic, Karma, and Boom Boom. Um, this was written by Michael Rosenberg. And Matthew Rosenberg. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We don't right. like him. It doesn't matter what his name his is. His brother. <laughs> we used to like him. Yeah. Uh, With that said, what do you guys think? Dead Souls uh, was uh, pointless. Bingo. Okay. Uh, no no character had their voice. It was just like someone else just had a puppet, and they, they were just mouthing the words. Uh, I'll I hear you say. out on that, but with that said, you know what I think is pointless? stupid time travel that doesn't make any fucking sense and then they try to retcon it later because it's so bad so two things okay. one uh new mutants uh has a great panel where i can't remember which character basically tells richard tell your boyfriend to put some clothes on and then shatter shard just goes no yeah great panel. <laughs> so queer as fuck let's keep that in mind True. um x-men blue also queer because uh that's where Iceman Ice comes out um, and we're, the funny thing is we're really kind of talking about three different titles here, all kind of smooshed together. One is All New X-Men, which is when the Time Displaced team first comes uh, to the present. Then you had another uh, version of All New X-Men, which had part of the team, but it also included Laura, uh, X-23 slash All New Wolverine at the time, uh, along with Genesis, who was one of the students from Wolverine and the X-Men. He was Apocalypse's uh, like kind of offspring slash next incarnation. Uh, which was actually a pretty good title. And then finally, the X-Men Blue title that we read during Resurrection, where the team kind of goes off and does their own thing, and Magneto, Polaris, and uh, Danger join up with them, which was uh, had some okay moments, but overall pretty weak. So I would say it's one good title sandwiched by two shitty titles. And then uh, New Mutants Dead Souls had some nice moments, but ultimately inconsequential. So this I is like, who's worse? I, I just, I, I thought every single character was ruined in Dead Souls. I didn't, the, the, there was no reason for Rain or Guido to be there. The only thing that happened was when she said, you killed my son. And they <laughs> right. did it like six times and only like four-ish, five. It didn't, there was no point to it. And um, none of the characters had functional interactions the entire time. It was just very strange. As someone who only read, I guess, the last third of the X-Men Blue series as part of our podcast and then also had it, this is a good opportunity. Like, I, I actually found X-Men Blue to be a much stronger overall series. I think, like, again, neither one of them seemed to have a lot of impact. They're both kind of matched on queerness. Obviously, power levels, you've got a lot more cool people on the X-Men Blue side. And in general, I did, I liked their interactions when the series wasn't, when X-Men Blue wasn't going into really stupid storyline territory uh i guess that was almost every issue but the one that i hated the most was uh when madeline Pryor came back with the hexmen i thought that was like yeah ridiculous um but yeah i agree overall that when you have this many new mutants teams on the docket uh dead souls just really falls completely off for me 
Yeah, I didn't hate I the, the last new, the last X-Men Blue part. This was obviously because I like Polaris and Danger and, and Magneto and uh, Briar. Just, I like the, the adults of this, and we're talking about the young ones here, but they kind of like pulled it over. These teams to me seem like two different ways that if you've got a visionless production company, your stories can end up because the mm -hmm. X-Men Blue basically seemed, both of them basically seemed to go nowhere. There was no particular point to them. And Dead Souls had a better opportunity to be a fine self-contained story. I think that our general perception of it initially was, oh, we really like it. Uh, the first couple issues were okay. And then it just kind of, you know, dwaddled. And then in X-Men Blue, I was a bigger fan of it initially, where it seemed kind of more like it was trying to embrace some actual plot, actual structure. One thing leads to another. And then the, whatever, the Hex Demon team <laughs> show yeah. They ruin everything. To me, it you seems like you've got two wandering stories that are spiraling in different directions. Well, where Dead Souls really bombed for me in terms of storyline was- I actually liked Dead Souls was that X-Force, I think uh, the X-Force run that we read, I don't know who wrote it, but it was the one with Deathlock and all the like, that was a, yeah, great A to Z story. Like, I think when you, when you have a limited series like that, you tell a good movie, essentially. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to accomplish or make a giant impact, but you just love reading. And I think that's originally what the first couple of issues of Dead Souls felt like. And then quickly after that, it was like, okay. This you know, you, have, you bring up a good point because I remember uh, Dead Souls just sort of, ended like it just ended on oh, yeah. like a weird cliffhanger and then it was supposed to be carried on in rosenberg's uncanny x-men run and it kind of didn't which was a trash run that we talked about last week um so i i don't know i i i'm like i flip a coin on who is worse <laughs> oh you don't have to flip a coin i i, I feel like uh, for me i don't even i'd like to vote on it actually. so what we're yeah. gonna do is we're gonna have to talk about the team next week one of these two teams i want to yeah. talk about x-men blue yeah i <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i have no interest in talking about dead souls ever again but but is a it a point. better team clark that I, I already said i already said it's a better team and right, oh yeah. and brent it had malice in it x-men blue had malice you have to vote for it didn't it at one point I, mean, I think it was like a <laughs> secret the secret invasion or a secret whatever yeah. empire crossover Maybe. All right, Brent, what's up? All right, let's toss it to a vote. Brent, what's up? <laughs> toss it to a Hi, vote. Brent. What's up? All right, let's toss it to a vote. X-Men Blue going forward. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Wait, wait, wait. Do that again? X-Men Blue, Blue going forward. Going for you said X-Men Blue going forward. Thumbs down. Thumbs, thumbs up, up or thumbs th down? Up. Thumbs up. Uh, we're all thumbs up, yes? We just, yeah. Up. Yes, five to zero. We just, we just spent an hour with the same voting system and all of a sudden you realized what it was. I, I think what? I just missed a word. I just didn't hear it. All right. All right. So we've gone through all of our teams. Um, Clark, do you want to do a wrap-up of who won and why? Or who won and that's it? I'm not doing <laughs> why? it. Why? That's, everyone, no one wants to suffer through that. Okay, yeah. so... Next, uh, on May 21st is a second round of the Young Themes, and it's going to be New Mutants, which is the 80s original run, versus the Krakoa New Mutants. Ooh. It's going to be Generation X, the original, versus 
Generation <gasps> X, the two. Oh my God. And it's going to be post-decimation new X-Men versus Generation Hope, the lights. And finally, it's going to be Wolverine and the X-Men versus X-Men Blue, the original five. And that is in seven weeks. May 21st. <laughs> but, but, but next math, week, math yeah. is hard. But next week we have our weird bracket where we'll be talking about original X-Factor, 80s edition. You got yes. your exiles, Krakoa Excalibur, War of Kings Starjammers, X-Static. Don't have to name them all. all the this is going to be... And many more. It's going to be the day when I talk about Polaris all the time because she's in half of these teams, I'm pretty sure. Clark, that's every day for you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. So we've been Homo Superior. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify. Uh, if you want the bracket to try and fill it out for your own self-fulfillment, uh, you can find it on any of our links, blah, 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 uh, or email us at Homo Twitter, Superior. Twitter or Instagram is where you can find it. Yeah, if you want to uh, debate anything, you can message us on Twitter and say that we're wrong, which we are not. Uh, Brent has never used Twitter in his life, but okay. Otherwise, happy birthday. Third birthday, Homo Superior. Yay. Happy birthday. Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.